Hello, hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Sweet 12 Podcast. We are Brian and Ryan back with episode number three. Ooh, in this, episode three. And this very special installment. It's a, it's a, it's a three-game winning streak for us. It is. It is. Back to back to back now. Yes. Yes. It's another, okay. another three-peat. Thank you all for, for listening again. Um, if you're brand new, uh, go back and listen to the other ones if you want to in your spare time. Or else. Or else just listen to this one. Yeah, it's fine, whatever, I don't care. You'll, you'll, you'll get your enjoyment out of it. Um, today's episode, we will be discussing in-depth slash Cliff Notes edition of the Sony uh, major hack that is still, I guess, still technically going on, but there's been one uh, wrap-up, I suppose, of it today. One, one, um, one story has ended in that... Uh, uh, but we're just going to go through quickly. I, I, it's a long craziness. timeline, so we're going to go through probably as quick as we can uh, to just give you people... Give you people. <laughs> What do you mean, you people? You people. Uh, we're going to give uh, you listeners out there the ability to at least get a small timeline of what happened and when, because I know I, with all the stuff coming out, uh, I was lost. Half, you know, this is mostly it. just for my benefit. I had Ryan summarize everything for me because I had no idea what was going on. So he's See, just going to read everything to me. I mean, he, he knew the big stuff, but <laughs> you know, he didn't know the... The, the, the finer details. So I went and oh, there's so did many. some research. There's so many. Yeah. I took out some of the things that aren't really relevant to movies, but I did leave uh, some in that I found quite interesting. Um, then we're going to go ahead and move on to our list, which we debated ad nausea for days yeah. and changed the, 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 for the, the, the list the around. For the better and yesterday. And we'll, we'll go through and list our, uh, our sweet 12 Marvel superheroes. Oh, from the big super, screen. From the big screen. And we'll, we'll get to the criteria when we get to that part. And then we got a very special vault episode that we had no idea was still available. And we found it, and we'll, uh, we'll share that with you. It's a wonderful little tie into the list. So, do you want to get straight into the, the Sony hack? Yeah, I think we have to just because of how much time it's going to take. All right. So, Sony hack 2014, which is different than Sony hack, what, 2012 when the when PlayStation was hacked? Yeah, so this is the 15th installment of Sony hack, I, I guess. I guess. It's, it's their most profitable uh, uh, source of, of news for Sony. They, they really like getting hacked. Hey, it's it, it, it makes for good television, makes for good... Radio makes it's, for it's, good. It's great press. It's, Everybody's talking about You know what? They, they say no news is good news, or they say all press is good press. That's so, right. Uh, we'll go with the all. We're all talking about Sony now, how much we, we love them. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they're so, wonderful things. So, I'll get right into it. I don't want to make this too long, because we could go on for a whole episode about this. Um, and it would be completely against Which what our podcast all, is yeah. about. Yeah, we're just going to do some highlights. Um, but, I mean, this started about a month ago, almost. 28, 30 days ago, yeah. almost now. Yeah. Uh, 31 days uh, ish uh, on Monday uh, November 24th uh, Sony employees in Los Angeles came into work and like they, they called it the Culver City lot I uh, came into work tried to log into the computers and there was a big old uh, hacked JPEG essentially that said you'd been hacked said this is just the beginning we've obtained all your internal data and warned that if Sony doesn't obey the demands they will release the company's top secrets and of course you know, being an employee of Sony, you're thinking, what the heck's going on here? Um, so at 10.50, uh, I think it was 10.50 local time, which would have been about 12 o'clock here in the, the Midwest, uh, the news reports started coming out about it. Phones and emails were stopped. Computers couldn't log into it. Um, the group was called the Guardians of Peace. Um, they said that they had obtained 100 terabytes of data. Um, nice little fun fact here. Uh, 10 terabytes can hold the entire printed collection of the library in Congress. So 100 terabytes is... Is 10 libraries lot. of Congress. Exactly. A lot, a lot of data. Um, 
So that was all Monday. I mean, those were just preliminary. They didn't know what was going on, you know, who was behind it. Uh, didn't maybe, know if it was real or not or yeah. anything like that. So Moving on to Tuesday, uh, all of Sony pretty much remains shut down. Uh, they're investigating in IT manner. They still don't call it a hack because they, you know, you can't right out say it's cyber terrorism. It's, it was a hack. Right. Uh, experts, IT experts were, were quoted as saying uh, that the, the hack was going to be less damaging than the one that PlayStation had, which really wasn't that damaging to begin with. When you, when you think about it, a couple thousand credit cards and and passwords and emails were stolen. But which is still detrimental. It is, yeah. but... Just, but this is just on a much larger they were, scale. They were thinking that, I mean, even with the threat of the 100 terabytes, they were they were saying that this that was that, that wasn't true. It was it was already embarrassing that Sony got hacked, you know, two years ago. Right. There's no way that this is going to be any bigger than that. It's just going to be a hurt to their their corporate profile. Um. So then Wednesday happens. This is the day before Thanksgiving here. Uh, Sony still has no computers, email, and voicemail. So they're trying to work without technology. Tr- imagine doing that today. Um, on Thanksgiving, there was a nice little present for all of you uh, torrenters out there, which we don't contone the act of torrenting on this podcast. But uh, movies like uh, Fury with Brad Pitt and Annie, um, Still Alice, uh, those were all released to the torrent sites. So you could see those movies, the screener versions of those, before they were in the theaters. Uh, Fury was out, but Annie and Mr. Turner, those were not. Um, day after that, so day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Sony th- suspects that North Korea was behind it. Um, I think they only equated that just to the interview, the movie The Interview, because that was one of the things that they had mentioned in their... That they were upset about. Hacks, yeah. Right. So we can move on behind that. A um, couple days pass, and they still think that, Sony, that North Korea is behind it. Uh, Monday, December 1st, the salaries of the top 17 Sony executives are le- uh, re- leaked. And then the salaries of six thousand current and former employees. I mean, that's, yeah, that. I'm not. That, I'm not that, against that because public the public servants have to have their 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 right. salaries released. So like you know how much your governor is making. You know how much your your paper pusher at the the local DMV is making. I mean, they're public employees. You know what they're making. Right. And the public university that you go to, you know how much that basketball coach makes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just to say, like those, like that's deep. Information that's yeah. just not out there on someone's desktop that they the hackers can just go yeah, grab. That, that like is, they had to go search for that stuff. Yeah. So Sony hires the FBI, security firm Seal Mandate, I think Seal. I don't know, to help investigate the attack. Um, two days, uh, I guess we're on day nine now. The Sony chiefs finally issue a statement saying that that their data had been stolen by cyber attackers. I mean, this was nine days after mm-hmm. they, they still hadn't acknowledged really anything. You know, computers weren't working. IT issue. But they're finally calling it what it is, calling it their theft. They don't still don't know the extent of it, and I, I don't think we still do even up to today. Um, some of the funnier moments, I guess, lighter mood. Uh, there's some emails that circulated about how Sony does not like paying Adam Sandler from from for money. <laughs> that was my from... favorite. That's my favorite part when I found that out. They just came out. There's this email chain, and it, and these uh, executives are just going back and forth and just talking like, why are we paying Happy Madison Productions, which is Adam Sandler's production company? Why are we paying them so much money to make these mediocre movies? Mediocre to bad movies. They weren't mm-hmm. mediocre to good movies. They were very bad. When you look at Metacritic, when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, when you look at IMDb, these are movies that do not rate very well but they do make money but they do make money it's like michael bay right right they they just aren't good movies and they're like why are we making these good movies we're supposed to be sony we're supposed to be a motion production yeah. company why are we letting this garbage out there 
So it's kind of a, a so hopefully maybe that'll change. Maybe we'll start getting a, a higher quality of movie with or without Adam Sandler. I'm fine well, with. Clearly, Sony's not paying them because Netflix is paying for. That's four right. Movies. Now Netflix is is uh, footing the bill here, and uh, I think what they signed a deal with Adam Sandler for three or four, four movies. Four movies with his production company, so he's going to have free reign to do whatever he we're wants. We're going to get. We're going to get. What was that movie? Old Men or whatever that was called. The, I don't remember the one where there. It's him and Kevin James and David Spade and. They're like in floaty tubes oh, or something. Oh, old men. Old men. I don't know what it's Old called. men part three. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's old, the... old comedians who need a job part yeah. three. Uh, it's uh, Grown Ups. Thank you. Grown Ups grown three. Grown Ups one, Grown Ups two, and yeah, I grown would, up, would gro- not put that past and have a Grown Ups three. More Grown Uppers. <laughs> More, <laughs> two, three Grown Up, three Furious. Is that... <laughs> Or three grown There's three Tokyo up. Drift is the third Tokyo. one. Grown ups Tokyo Drift. <laughs> no, that was Tokyo Drift was two. Was no, too fast, too furious. Oh, too. And then you're Tokyo. You're right. You're right. You're so right. So grown ups Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, getting back on track here. Um, something a little bit more closer here to Wisconsin. Uh, Deloitte um, was a corporate victim of the theft, and thirty thousand of its employees' salaries were released. Also, and they're, they're a consulting firm uh, here in Wisconsin. They consult for some of the government agencies, and I bet you they were doing consulting for Sony as well. That's mm-hmm. how they got to it. Uh, not, they're not like a big bad company, but you know, consultants make a lot of money to do, you know, tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we can see what their salaries are now. Um, let's continue on beyond this. I don't really care about that. Um, some similarities to North Korea. More similarities to North Korea. Uh, the, the heads of Sony don't like Angelina Jolie. They don't want to do movies with her. Um, they called her a minimally a minimally talented spoiled brat. This is one of the executives called her. So don't don't know where. So they got, there, there's a lot from. of juicy tidbits. In, yeah. in this in this uh, in this hack. The 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 head of Sony also sends, releases an email uh, citing President Obama's favorite movies. All of them are uh, what they call black themed. So my only guess is that they were all Medea movies. <laughs> 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 oh, that was bad, but you know. So that sets off a big firestorm of Sony being racist, and then the head comes out the day after and says that, you know, we were just trying to make a joke, it wasn't, you know, and and I understand, I mean, this, what you say at work should be left at work, but yeah, you are the head of a company, I mean, emails and you, yeah, right. you are the head right. of a company, you need to you need to present yourself behind the scenes as you would in front of your stockholders, so saying those things probably wasn't the best thing to do, but I don't think there's a single one of you listeners out there that hasn't made a joke like that. I mean, maybe not about Obama, but in general, you've not made some, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a redneck, so I only watch the Dukes of Hazard or something. And listen to Larry the Cable Guy, yeah, and, or watch him or whatever you do it to him. And and you might be a redneck if you're or with him. if your gun rack has a gun rack. Yeah, we Jeff Foxworthy. We need to stop calling Family Guy. Yes, we do. That wasn't Jeff Foxworthy. That was Family Guy pretending to be yeah. or uh, imitating Jeff Foxworthy. Um, but anyway, two Saturdays ago, thirteen yeah. hackers released another dump of Sony files. Yeah, <laughs> a large dump, big dump. And they promised a Christmas gift that'll put Sony's picture into the worst state. So we could still be not be out of this. We got Christmas in two days. So it's true. I guess fingers crossed that maybe there's nothing huge in there. But at the same time, who knows what could what could happen? It's going to come to a time where North Korea successfully hacks into something again and threatens something. If it's North Korea. If it's if it's North Korea. And they're going to threaten, hey, if you do this, we will rain hell down mm-hmm. upon you, and then something's actually going to happen. But I don't. I hope nothing happens. I don't see anything happening over the release of a movie. You know, where, where were they when you know Team America World Police came out? Uh, they didn't have computers back then. <laughs> it was like, fuck. It was, it was 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. They didn't have computers back no. then. 
Um, the script, the early script for James Bond movie, The Spectre. Not The Spectre. 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 The Spectre is going to be another probably DC movie coming. I think they have a, I think they have a, a comic book guy like that. That was released. MGM said that we're going to find the culprits who did it, of course. Like, good luck. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Sorkin came out and uh, compared data getting hacked by Sony to like nude pictures getting leaked and that the media is to blame for half of this because they're the ones releasing this data. Which I, I kind of understand two points. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I definitely get it. He says, if you close your eyes, you can imagine the hackers sitting in a room, combing through the documents to find the ones that will draw the most blood. And in a room next door are the American journalists doing the same thing. As demented and criminal as it is, at least the hackers are doing it for a cause. The press is doing it for a nickel. Right. Which is, I mean, he's always been outspoken, so I, yes. I, I definitely see where yes. he's coming from. I do. I don't think he works for Sony, so he doesn't have to really... Oh, he uh, here it is. He's the writer... Of Rudin produced projects like The Newsroom and films The Social Network and The Jobs movie. So maybe his stuff did get leaked out. Who knows? And that's why he came out and said it. But he, he is true. I mean, the media is to blame. We're talking about it here, but we're not going to read what it was. We're just reporting on Correct. You know, what, what it happened. Um, we'll move on to this. Starting the next week, or last week, I should say. Uh, last week, we saw all the stuff with the interview come out where there were... Threats to bomb the theaters. If they show the interview, it'll be like September 11th. Uh, they they canceled their tour for promotions. The finally the promotions on, of the movie yeah, was canceled. They they finally scrapped the release on Wednesday, December 17th, and that was after five of the large theater chains said that they weren't going to show it. The five largest, so AMC, Regal, Carmike, a couple others. They said that they weren't going to show the movie on their in their theaters because of the threats. So, really, Sony had no choice. You yeah. know, when you when you lose forty eight thousand screens of a movie, or I guess well, forty eight hundred screens of a theater, you, you you can't make a movie like that. So, so that happened the last week. Uh, going on into as as protest, I guess we could hit on that. So, in protest on Thursday, the eighteenth. Uh, some of the indie theaters were going to show Team America. Oh, right. I heard, yes. And yes, Paramount yes. said, don't do that. Like the Alamo House yeah. in Texas. Oh, the uh, Alamo Draft House, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, and th- there's actually one company that owns that one and a, and a few others around the nation. Correct. But the Paramount Pictures said, don't do that. So they got the kibosh hit, hit on that. Then I think it was over the weekend, uh, the, the hacker said that uh, that was a wise decision. But they implied there was a new threat if the movie was to be released on video on demand or otherwise, and they would continue doing yeah, the threats. Yeah, because Sony said that, well, you know, there's a rumor that they're just going to go put it on Crackle, and then everybody can watch it because it won't be in a theater, and how are they going to bomb all the houses in the yeah. country? You know, whatever the thought process FBI, is. Like the FBI, I guess, confirmed on Friday that the government of North Korea was behind the attack. Uh, President Obama answered questions saying that Sony made a mistake in caving to North Korea. So, you know, take that as you will. On Saturday, North Korea still proclaims innocence, invites the United States to take part in a joint investigation of the Sony attack, and warns of serious consequences if the U.S. retaliates. So while they're not cyber attacking, they're still going to bomb us yeah, if we right, bomb them. Right. So, well, if we just keep blaming them. Yeah. Yeah. And they still, they're still denying even to today. Um, the biggest news, I think, comes out of... On Monday and then into today. So on Monday, the U.S. government basically told North Korea that you needed to pay for the cyber attacks monetarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like they're going to anyway. Um, 
but they've caused damage to the studio, losses incurred from the movie, and the lost production. Um, yeah, I don't know why we would tell North Korea that they have to pay Sony. No. That's not even an American company. Angered at being blamed for the attack, North Korea bows out of a UN Security Council meeting where the kingdom's dismal human rights record is to be discussed. That That's quoted by Deadline, not by me. I apologize. Um, Amy Adams backs out of the Today Show because all they want to do is talk about the Sony attack and she doesn't care. And then you move on to Today, I guess breaking news a couple hours ago. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. A couple hours. Um, we're so current. We're so, we're so current. You're going to hear this tomorrow and it'll be Tuesday's news instead of today's news. Oh, damn it. But on Tuesday, today, Sony basically did a 180 and said, we're going to let you release this movie if you want to show it. We're now, sorry. But now, I mean, the big theaters probably still won't show it, but like the Alamo Draft House is going to show it, all those indie ones will, and they're going to sure. set up the ability to allow people to gather it if they want. Correct. Um, and I, and, I and heard... they're gonna, it's going to be on video on demand on Christmas too. Right. So you can wake up Christmas morning and watch it. I was listening to um, a podcast that worked today, um, We Hate Movies uh, podcast, which is really wonderfully done. And one of the guys on the podcast saw the interview, the movie, before this whole hullabaloo happened. And he, his thoughts on it were, meh. Wasn't that good? He said, no. He's like, you know, it wasn't even that good of a movie. It's just a lot of, it's just James Franco and Seth Rogen running around playing and grab ass with each other. Pineapple Express in North Korea. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, if you like Pineapple Express, I didn't hate it. Will I see the interview? Yes. Am I going to go run to the theater? No. You don't have to. It's going to be on video demand. Exactly. I'll watch it on my phone while I'm driving home for Christmas. Yes. (laughs) Or (laughs) while you're driving. Or literally driving. Or finishing cereal, finally. Yes. You can do both. One, one, one movie in one ear and cereal in the other. That's right. Perfect. That's why I have two earbuds. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's pretty much it. it that yeah. wraps up that story. I Sony... Want, we wanted to cover it because it's it was so huge. This is probably the largest... We always like to do a news segment. This is the largest news that anybody was talking about in the last week since our last podcast. Yeah. So, we just wanted to get that out of the way. It was a little dry. We apologize. Hope you stuck stuck yeah. through that but we're gonna get to our, our please fun. don't leave this is the fun part of, this is the fun part of the show this is why you all tune in yeah this will be this will be good this will be um I think this will be a good list you wanna go straight to it let's do the the uh, how we got everybody to be on the list I wanna talk a little bit about who you're gonna see and who you're not gonna see alright so, right. so this, this this top 12 list is our favorite Marvel characters in movie form and they and these aren't villains these aren't Secondary characters. Secondary characters. These are the heroes, the people you go to the movies to see. Ah, incorrect. Incorrect. The, 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 you wouldn't go to the movie to necessarily see them, but they're not... They're not like I see. They're yeah. not like background characters. They ha- they are integral Correct. to the story, but there's no Maria Hill on here. They there's have, no they Pepper have, Potts yeah, on they here. They have more than five lines. Yeah, I mean, Pepper Potts has a big role, but they're, she's not a superhero. They're part of the so. story that makes it... You know, the, that makes the plot. Mm-hmm. So they're very uh, detrimental to the story. Um... In any of these movies. If you removed any of these characters from the movie, there wouldn't be a Oh, it'd be a totally we'll different movie. We'll Holy smoke. It'd be a totally different movie. So we, we went with the, based on the source material as best we could to to see who up on the screen portrayed that character the best. Now, this does not mean that the movies that these characters are in were fantastic and that we love them. Yeah. This just means that the people playing these superheroes in these movies did a fantastic job and they are deserved on our spots of 12. It, it's basically a... Like you would say, like a fantasy booking of the movie. Yes. But since we didn't cast the characters, we have to go with what's already cast. So we're saying these are the the cream of the crop of of who was cast in these movies. Yes. So who best portrayed this character? Who best portrayed this character? Because some of them have multiple portrayals. Uh, we, the rules that we have, though, are 
one actor per role. So if we were to, let's say we were to choose, um, off topic, let's say we were to, to choose uh, Pierce Brosnan as the best James Bond. If we were to do, uh, like if we were to say, like do another list of movies that he would be included in, he couldn't be on that list. Because we already talked about Because we already about talked about him. him. So, so you won't see Captain America and Johnny Storm on this list. And you won't see both Spider-Men. You won't see both Spider-Men on this list. So that's two rules. One is one actor can only portray one role, and only one character can portray it better. And yes, we know Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man are technically two different can- canonical comics. Correct. But it's our rules, and we're sticking to it. Yeah. So if you don't like it, if you don't like it, you can listen tough. to listen through it and voice your opinion on yeah. The let comments. Us, let us hear about Twitter it. it. But yeah. If you don't like this list, let's hear about it on Twitter or the machine or uh, on a review on iTunes. We'll we'll read your reviews on air, and you can make fun of us all you want. We don't yes. care. We'll we'll read it. I don't care. So do you want to get straight to the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight right. to number twelve. Uh, Chris Pratt uh, playing Star Lord in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which was the biggest movie of ever. Well, not of ever. That's still Avatar. Okay, well, biggest movie of that one time. Biggest period. movie of yeah. this year. Of this year, it was fantastic. I've seen it twice in the theaters. I think he made this movie. This was they they gave him the reins like you're going to start on this movie. It's going to be your your you know heap. If it's you know bad, if it's great, it's going to be your your success. And so he came out with with Star Lord. And and just did this fantastic job. He's witty. He has all these wonderful quips, and and he's just this lovable loser, so to speak. He, you know, in the beginning, you're not really sure what to make of him, and he does such a great job of of just showing the the progress of the character from start to finish, where he goes from this kind of lost person. He's just kind of collecting garbage through space and selling it. And and then he goes through and gets captured in jail and prison. And he's just trying to kind of make his own way through and not really caring about the big picture until he meets, you know, the other guardians of the galaxy. And and they go and, and stop this gigantic, you know, plot to overthrow, you know, the whatever their government is in the movie and, and to kind of take over the galaxy. And they go through, they, they band together and then they stop it. And it's you know, you're a stereotypical, you know, guy has issues, you know, guy with superpowers gains friends and they all go through and, and you know, destroy the, the evil in the galaxy. I think you're still missing the key parts, though, is that based on the source material, the Chris Pratt character pretty much embodies what the Guardian, what, what the Starlook character in the 60s and 70s was. So, yes, he portrayed it well on screen, but he also was very close to, to the Star-Lord that, that was in the comics. Correct. So that that's that that's, was huge. That's what I said. I, that's totally what you said. I apologize. <laughs> I guess I missed it. Um, but no, he he did good. We we were struggling with this one because we wanted to put different people from Guardians of the Galaxy, and that wasn't one of the rules. You could have more from one from each movie, but but he was the one that I that we that we felt was the most irreplaceable. Right. Um. The our, the original argument was we were going to have Rocket Raccoon on there, and as much as you know, Bradley Cooper did an amazing job, and as much as I envy anybody who can voice act, I mean, he didn't use a voice. He just was he was acting. And no, he, was he, doing had a, he had a little bit of a, a voice to it. But you could you could put somebody else in that role. I, yes, I feel yes. that, and that's the argument that won. That's why uh, Raccoon or Bradley Cooper wasn't on the list. That's why Chris Pratt made it because yeah, you take Chris Pratt out of that movie, and it's a totally different movie. And and I would put Groot on the list because nobody does Vin Diesel like Vin Diesel, but he's. It was one line. He has one line, and that and what makes the Groot character is the way that the computer animators 
and I guess the, the director and the character creator of that portrayed him. I mean, he does he has a couple lines, but that's all computer. I mean, right, and some funny moments, and but it's not about Groot. It's about no. Star Lord kind of figuring out who he is and why he got abducted. Well, that's not even about yeah. that. You kind of learn that, and he it's just about him kind of piloting through Han Solo style, doing his thing and flying around the galaxy, being a smuggler and being a outlaw. Yeah, would probably he's, be the best way to. to he's say he's that. a new Han Solo for a new generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, although he was before before Han Solo, Han Solo right? But Han Solo is <laughs> way more popular than Star Wars. This is the movie that mm-hmm. just put Guardians on the map, mm-hmm. which is good because it was an unknown property. Yeah, and that's why they were able to basically rewrite it. None, none of the story that you'll see in here was in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, they were able to and, rewrite it, and none of the characters were in any of the comic books to get together. together. The five of them were never together in the comic books, which I found out the hard way by reading the comics because I was so excited to read them. And really, it's Groot and Rocket Raccoon together. And then, like, Star-Lord for a little bit. And, you know, there's just not... None of the five of them are ever together. And it was a little bothersome, but but it still made for a a great movie because they were able to have that freedom that some of the other Marvel movies aren't afforded. Yeah, to make Avengers in Space, which will be... Avengers 2 or 3? Well, probably 3, because 2 is still Ultron. Yeah, Ultron. So 3. Avengers 3 is probably going to be Avengers in Space, but we don't know where that's going yet. But anyway, 11? So we can move on to 11. You will you can talk about this one, too, because I it's been forever since I've seen oh. any of these movies, and I don't even think I saw the first one. I think you I haven't? Oh, I think oh it's I, so good. I only saw the third one, um, and that's because of Ryan Reynolds, which, again, yes. he's not on the list for this movie. Um, Jessica Biel, which I kind of had a crush on at the time. I was well, 17, whatever. Yeah. And then Triple H, a wrestler, was yeah. one of the bad guys yeah. in it. And I was like, I gotta totally watch this because I was yeah. totally into wrestling at the time. No, the third the third movie was, was really good. Uh, the second movie was, I think... Okay, uh, number 11's uh, uh, Wesley Snipes uh, portraying the character Blade in the Blade movies 1, 2, and 3, the Blade trilogy, which now he actually said he might do a fourth one up to doing another one, which I welcome that. I think I think it was such a great... This was one of the early Marvel properties that hit uh, uh, the theaters. Yeah, it was um, before. It was before X-Men. Yeah, it was. It was before so it X-Men. Was, it was very good. And X-Men was the one that really kind of took off, mm-hmm. and everybody just needed to go snatch up superhero properties and start making movies. But Blade came out, and, and for those of you who don't know, Blade is a half-human, half-vampire superhero. He goes around eradicating other vampires... Because they all just want to, you know, kill humans and take over. Unlike the Twilight vampires, they actually... They are not sparkle-friendly. They don't sparkle-friendly, and they actually do want to kill They're not sparkle-friendly vegetarians. So, Wesley Snipes, the Blade character, he just does such a great job of this dark, brooding, you know, easily agitated person who has... All the the wonderful traits that vampires have, super strength, you know, um, what else? Oh, well, he doesn't age, he has super, he has super strength, he doesn't age, but he, you know, but he, he, has, a vampire, he has, so and he has none sense. of their weaknesses. You know, he, he's not, garlic doesn't affect him, sunlight doesn't affect him, the only thing that he needs to have is the, the he has he's that craving like, for blood. He's like a half-breed in the game Munchkin. Because in the game Munchkin, you can have two races, and you have all the benefits, and none of the... And none, and none of the... Of the the the, the bo- downfall yeah yeah so except the only downfall that he has like I said is is he he has to have the blood he he craves human blood mm-hmm. and so the the first movie was great it had uh, Stephen Dorff as the main villain I must have watched that movie five or six times I thought it was really cool I think I'm gonna have to find it and watch it cause, oh it's so good I, seen I might that have one. it I think I might have it all right 
Take a look. We'll have to see. Yeah. And the second one comes out, which, in my opinion, has 33% more action. And that's all I really want. You know, in the first one, they really they really set you up with the story. And Chris Christopherson does such a fantastic job of uh, Whistler uh, as his uh, kind of... I don't want to say bodyguard, but his partner in crime, uh, helping him going through and eradicating uh, all of the vampires because they are evil vampires. And the second movie comes out, and it's kind of the same thing. He goes through, and just now he only fights a, a different higher class of vampire. And the third one comes out, and Ryan, you know, now he's got this crew with Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel. Now they all three are going out and fighting a higher, more powerful class of vampire. And you know, it's pretty copy paste from you know one, two, and three, but they do such a good job to to keep Blade as uh, badass as possible. They do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, karate and kung fu, which I think Snipes is what, a black belt in karate, if I remember if I remember correctly. He's got a black belt in something, I know that for sure. It's karate or jiu-jitsu. Yeah, karate, jiu-jitsu, or taekwondo, or whatever the heck it is. Judo. I don't know. So, one of those. Yeah, and, and, he, and I think in the second one, he fights um, Ray Park. Hmm. Yeah. And he's the villain in that one. It's, a, it's another mutating type of vampire because they're growing and they're mutating and they're learning how to survive another, you know, whatever. So he fights him. So you see a lot of uh, ninjutsu kung fu because Ray Park, for those who don't know, uh, was uh, Toad in uh, the original X-Men movie. And he's also Darth Maul uh, mm-hmm. in the episode one, uh, The Phantom Menace. And so you already, if you're familiar with those movies, you know he's kind of uh, really good with his uh, jujitsu kind of move stuff, karate, martial arts things so you could see those two guys go up and at it was really cool and then uh, again the, the the blade character is just so much fun to watch and so enjoyable for for me uh being that watching the uh my introduction to blade was watching the spider-man cartoon uh back in the 90s and he did i think they did like a four or five episode arc where that character was on the show and they would just go through it and, and hunt vampires and the whole time you know, Spidey's, Spider-Man's making all these, you know, fun little quips that Spider-Man does, and Blade's just sitting there, what are you doing? We have to go fight all these vampires now. And that's what they do here. They're like, no, there's no time for sass. You know, that's what Ryan Reynolds is for. You know, we have to go through and we have to kill everybody. Because the vampires are bad, we have to do this. So, Blade was really cool. I think Snipes did a great job, and I can't wait for the fourth installment if they ever do a fourth installment. Like, yeah. That's my, that's my rant on Blade. Yeah. I, I, really, I really like the movies. Did you, have, was... did you ever read the comics, or did you just kind of look at... Look at it. To I read. I mean, it. have I read some? Yes. Okay. Can I remember any of them? No. It was such a long time ago. That's all right. I mean, it 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 takes a lot. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, I guess it takes a lot to read because that's an older one. Mm-hmm. It's not like super old, but it takes a lot to kind of read those older ones. And right. Especially if you saw the movie first and then you go back and say, I guess I can see why they cast Wesley Snipes in this. Oh yeah. But, you know. Oh, yeah. But that's good. I mean, and then, that any future installment is kind of based off that character. Mm-hmm. So so if you can get somebody. That that both embodies what Blade was and who he is now. That's that's pretty good. That way they're not writing you out of the canon, and you can say, well, it does look like Wesley Snipes if he were fifty two years old or whatever, whatever sure, he is sure. now. Um, I'll take number ten since you've been chatting away at the first two. <laughs> um, number ten on our list is uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, playing Thor in Thor, Thor two, the Avengers, and Thor three eventually. And I think Avengers 2, probably. And Age of Ultron. Yeah. I think he's in Avengers 2. I don't know. He'll have to be. He'll have to be <laughs> he is. It. He totally is. Oh, okay. I've seen the trailer. Okay. I, I don't remember the trailer. All I remember he's is that uh, James Spader. Yes, that's Ultron. Ultron, yeah. He might make a future With list. his slower talking So, voice. if you haven't seen Thor yet, what are you doing? Go watch oh, Thor. That was one of my favorite. It, it came out the same time as Captain America, and that was my favorite was of the two. I was pleasantly surprised at how good Thor was. Yes. I, I originally went and saw it because I was a big fan of Thor, the comics. I had read 
some of them growing up because Norse mythology was totally cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw that the movie was being directed uh, by the same guy who uh, played uh, one of the professors in the Harry Potter movies. I can't think of his name now. I'll think of it. Um, anyway, so I decided to go see it, and I went and saw it in 3D. I don't see too many movies uh, in 3D, uh, just because at the time the the person I was with did not like 3D movies. Um, hurt their hurt their eyes or whatever. I, it doesn't matter. You can buy 2D glasses now. I don't like 3D movies. Well, that's that's you. Yeah. I didn't I didn't go with you. So I get, I get motion sickness. So uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, he does a lot of Shakespeare, which I thought was perfect for Thor because it's supposed to be more of a of a romantic language in a in a type of story like that. So you think about it, and you know, while Thor is kind of a meaty, blonde-haired guy, um, and you could find other people to embody who Thor is, I think the way that the the, the way that Chris Hemsworth was was portrayed is is very very close to how I would envision it to be. I mean, he. He's already uh, from that area of the world, so he's already got the accent. He looks um, the part. He does. You don't. You don't have to do I mean, much. He looks exactly how you would picture putting Thor up on the big. Yeah, screen. you don't have to do much uh, work to get him to, to look better. Um, you just had to get long hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it wasn't hard. It looks good he with did, it. He did a really good job. But I, I was pleasantly surprised at the Thor movie. Uh, after I watched that movie, I went out, of course, and read more comics for it. Um, waited for the Avengers. Um, was a little disappointed in how he was in the Avengers. Not not him as a character. I mean, he looked the exact same, but they didn't do much with him in in the Avengers. No, if you remember, he wasn't. No, a he huge was part of it. No, he wasn't a huge part. Um, I mean, even though his brother was the main villain, Loki. Um, no, he wasn't a huge part. I think he could have been more. I, I wanted to see. I mean, it was great though with him and Hulk. Yeah, battling back and forth. I love that part so mm-hmm. much. I think that was a I think it was a terrific uh, little kind of funny scene to kind of take you away from the action but still have action in there. And then the second Thor movie, uh, Dark World or The Dark World, I think is what they called it. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed in. It was fine. Um, it was it was good. I was I was upset at how they kind of relegated Natalie Portman to still being the helpless character. Yeah, I mean, I'm a woman. What am I to do? Yeah, pretty much. I touched something and now I. <laughs> No, hurt people. What do I do? It's protecting me. It just the whole movie was kind of a weird, convoluted plot. But again, that, that doesn't take away from Thor and no, how good he yeah, was. We, we have to talk about Chris, and we have to talk about what a great job he did. I love his accent, and, and the, I mean, granted, it wasn't him. The writers gave him the speech mm-hmm. that just really fit, and he just embodied this persona mm-hmm. and went out there. He's and supposed to be a god for be, yeah, crying out loud. So Thor. So yeah, he did a great it, job. It's, it's tough to portray a god, and he did a he did a very good job. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's it for Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth. You want to yeah. move on to another Chris? Another Chris. You can do this one. Chris Evans. You fought me tooth fought, and nail for I this one. I fought tooth and nail for this one. Chris Evans, number nine, as Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Sorry, Captain America fans. This is the better portrayal on screen. And that means you will never see Captain America on a list of ours. No, not when it's a list like this. No, because of the rule, only one portrayal, unless they have a new Captain America. Unless they come up with a new Captain America. Yeah, for the they really technically could with Bucky and him becoming... Unless, unless, well, he, no, that's, unless Captain America comes out and wows me in the new Captain, or Captain America 3 or Captain America 12 or um, that Avengers 47, that are, that's going to be coming well, out. Well, if you want to follow, follow, follow comic book canon, 
Doesn't Bucky become Captain America for a while? I think for a while he does. Because Captain America dies? Yeah, and then Bucky becomes Captain Spoiler America. Spoiler alert, comic book fans. He yeah. died like two years ago, and yeah. they decided to bring him back because people were that upset. Get with it. Okay, they... Who who do they kill off in comic books that stays dead besides Uncle Ben from Spider-Man? <laughs> That's true. He's the only constant. It's really I, sad, and, too. And Bruce Wayne's parents Bruce and Wayne's Superman's parents. original parents. They stay dead. Yeah. Everyone else. Superman has died. Batman has died. Spider-Man has kind of died, I think. And then uh, um, Wolverine, I think they're talking about killing him off. And then... And who else has died? Captain America has died, but they brought him all. They brought him all back. Which... After Batman came back, you, I mean, that, that was it. The floodgates were open. We could start killing off people just to sell comic books, well, and then, and then we they bring do, them back. And then they do reboots, and I understand that. The, I understand the concept of the market and rebooting these comics because different I generations yeah. require different DC's things. DC's right now in it right now with the New Fifty Two. Yeah, and that's fine. And actually, the New Fifty Two got me back into mm-hmm. uh, reading comic books. Yeah, and really, when Marvel was purchased by Disney and they started hiring better artists, they started yeah getting a lot better with their comics too they never really were down but that's why they started selling their their movie products off 10 15 years ago because they were running out of the money right so they needed to outsource and fox said hey we'll take x-men and fantastic four and make movies for you and here sony we are took, with yeah, sony snatched up spider-man and here we are with chris evans at number nine playing johnny storm playing johnny storm from the fantastic four uh he's superheroes known as the human torch the reason we chose chris from this was because he was this pretty boy looking persona that Johnny Storm is but he's also incredibly witty mm-hmm. and and charismatic and and he's charming and Chris Evans and he's a cocky yes. asshole and Chris Evans is a charming yes. cocky asshole he's played that role several times before he got the human torch role and he did a fantastic job he was Johnny Storm up on the screen with his back and forth with the nurse when originally he discovered that he kind of had powers to going into the second one where he just didn't want to follow along with the group. He wanted to kind of do his own thing. So I've seen both of the movies. We're not really talking about how good or bad they are, but no. every the, the standout to me in both of the Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four 2 Rise of the Silver Surfer was... Chris Evans was Johnny Storm. That's the part that I love to see. I read so many Fantastic Four comic books as a kid, and I loved, I loved the ones where uh, Johnny Storm and Spider-Man would cross over and they'd have their own little, uh, they'd have their own little adventure. I am dying for a movie where we start to cross over, where you see these, my my favorite comic book uh, 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 duo together would be uh, Johnny Storm and... And uh, Peter Parker. You would you would take that over the already happened, but still everybody craves a Deadpool Wolverine, a true Deadpool, a true Deadpool and a Wolverine. Um, no, that that wasn't for me. Uh, the, the one the, the the Marvel side of matchups for me of of character crossovers was, and it wasn't the Fantastic Four and Spider Man, even though those are great. There's some great moments, but it's it's Johnny Storm and it's Spider Man, and they go off and they do their how own about, thing. How I about a, how about Johnny Storm and Deadpool? Johnny Storm and Deadpool. How would that be? Okay, th- now we're just talking about uh, who's Ra- uh, Ravensoft that makes that game. Uh, Marvel Mar- X-Men Legends? A- X-Men, X-Men that movie, Legends. That game was fantastic. Or Mar- Marvel Legends. It was. Yeah, it was. Now, now we're just talking no, about... It was, it was X-Men Le- Legends and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That's what it was. So it was Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And now we're just talking about that. Now we're just talking about pairing But that game was together. awesome. No, we're not talking about the game. <laughs> the game was awesome. And we probably should play that after this. But the, my favorite character from the books, and, and he's just so fantastic... Uh, and, and Johnny Storm, uh-huh. he's one of uh-huh. my favorites. He's so fantastic. He's so fantastic, that Johnny Storm. Except yeah. he wasn't Mr. Fantastic. He's not Mr. Fantastic. He's not. 
But did you know Mr. Fantastic's on an ABC show now? Is he? Yeah, whatever the guy's name was, Yon or something. He's on a uh, Yon Gruffid or something. He's on uh, that show on ABC where he can't die. Oh, he's a, like a doctor and he can't die. Interesting. So, yeah. Is it good? No. Oh <laughs> no. Oh well, then why are we talking about it? Because you said Mr. Fantastic. Oh, I said Mr. You Fantastic. Said Mr. You said I said Johnny Storm was fantastic. Yes. Chris Evans' character. Was, he was. And the was only reason wonderful. I fought that is because I have such hatred for that movie because it's not a very good movie. Well, no, and I let not, that. And I let that. Great. The I, first one was very good. I thought origin-wise, I thought it was fine. I wasn't a huge fan of Jessica Alba, but she was the flavor of the week, so she gets the Sue Storm nod. Fine, whatever. Chicklist did a great job. Um, What's-His-Face as Doctor Doom, also fine. I mean, the movie wasn't out there to win Oscars. The movie's out there to be entertaining. I think it was entertaining. I was entertained. I, I And Chris Evans, to me, was the standout. That was his kind of coming-out party, in my opinion. Was, I, think I think I think he was getting famous before, though. He was in Not Another Teen movie. He was in The Perfect Score. He was in Cellular... He was in Cellular? Yeah, he was the main character in Cellular. When he had to help Kim Bassinger. What movie am I thinking of where um, Eyebrows Man is locked in the phone booth? Is it just... That's, that's, uh, that's called Phone Booth. Is that just called Colin booth? Farrell? Colin Farrell, yeah. Eyebrows Man. Oh, he's got some great eyebrows. He does, except for when he was Bullseye. Then he had no eyebrows. He had no eyebrows. Um, I didn't... It was just called Phone Booth, huh? Okay, yeah. maybe we have Cellular... Uh, Cellular is the one where, the, where yeah, he can't leave the phone off with Kim Basinger. It's like there's only connection or something. I don't know. What a dumb movie. It was okay. I thought it was okay. No. I liked another teen movie. That was, that was my favorite Chris Evans movie. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah. But, again, he plays a cocky asshole in that was, movie. And he wasn't the main, you know, this was a much bigger role for him. Uh, was a, a the human? He was the main role in none of the teen movies. Was he the guy? Yeah, he was the guy. Because oh, then he, yeah, because then he dated the girl. You're right. You're right. He dates. Sorry, you're right. No, not Janie. Yeah, not Janie. <laughs> and then he's saying Janie's got a gun. Yeah. Yeah. He was dark haired in that movie, though. He was dark haired. Yeah. He's been blonde for a lot of movies, mm-hmm. but that movie he played the brown haired Jack. Yeah, and actually in uh, the Fantastic Four movies, he had a buzz cut. He did, but it was still like lighter brown. It was. I don't know if that's his natural hair color then or what, but... I don't know know why you would dye... That's off topic. Now now we sound like two catty little girls talking about which hair color is better on Chris Evans, which is blonde, totally. Totally. So, we'll move on to number eight. I'll do this one. This was was a tougher one for me. This was tough because we had slotted number eight to be Mm Spider-Man. We went through the whole list. Spider-Man was going to be number eight. But which which Spider-Man? Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. Those are your choices. And as much as the newer Spider-Man movies are are more gritty. I mean, that's the theme now, is every superhero movie now has to be, except for Guardians, every superhero movie has to be very gritty. Um, I think Tobey Maguire did a better job. I think Brian also agreed. Mm-hmm. I do. So, Based on the source material that I was most um, involved with in my younger years with the comic books, with the TV show... The, that that that's my Spider Man that I took with me the, to the big screen. Yeah, when I went to see it. The biggest thing with the Spider Man, the same one that I'm used to, also is that he wasn't cocky. I mean, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's not. He's not cocky. cocky. He's just witty. He's 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 incredibly witty, and he's in- but he's also more nerdy. I mean, right? Andrew Garfield's Spider Man is nothing nothing against what he's doing, but he's very, very he's more witty, and he's he he's still smart, but it's not as noticeable. I mean the the. Uh, he has too much cool factor and not enough nerd factor. Right. Where and that was, and that was Parker, Peter Parker yeah. Yeah. has more nerd, less cool. And mm-hmm. it's clearly shown because, you know, with the scene where he's missing his buses and he's deathly afraid to talk to Mary Jane, whereas the Peter Parker in Amazing Spider-Man you know, has no trouble talking to Gwen Stacy and no. they actually end up dating and whatever. But the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man for the all three movies, even when he's a complete 
crap character when he has the venom or whatever. Like, what what is that called? The, well, the it was it was uh, symbiote. The, yeah, thank you. Symbiote. When he had the symbiote uh, with uh, with the venom part of him, it was just ugh. it was awful. We're but, not, but we're not gonna talk about the dance scene. No, no, we're not. <laughs> but you brought it up. No, the, no. the emo flip. Yeah. But that was that was good at the time. That was big in two thousand seven. Was that emo flip? Was it? It was totally big. That was when things like, like oh oh, oh the emo oh no no the, I see the emo haircut yeah 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 I thought you meant like it was big in movies no 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 it was big in, it was big in pop about? culture that was and, and by big in pop culture I mean yeah. they missed the boat by about two years mm-hmm. because that was when Fall Out Boy was starting to lose its relevancy and its emo flip right so right but no the Peter Parker the Tobey Maguire version of Spider Man is definitely the better of the two um, you can uh, you can put that one on the board yeah. I, I thought, yeah, and especially the number uh, Spider-Man Two with Tobey Maguire with Doc Ock as the villain. That was that's one of the and now now I don't know about now since there have been so many, but up until that point, that was one of the best superhero movies ever made. The second one, yes, oh totally, it was absolutely fantastic, and it showed uh, uh, a greater side of Spider-Man because you weren't so focused on the or excuse me, you weren't so focused on the origin, so focused, so focused on it. It was, yeah, it's, I think it still would make my top five. I mean, that might be a list to do. Yeah, oh, we'll definitely do that. I think, yeah. I think we had talked about doing that eventually. We're going to have to, they, they keep coming but up. But I want, I, that's we're the gonna, We're going to have to do it by like every ten years and do a new list. Well, and that's, that was, well, you, or even revisit every couple of years. But that's, well, that's why we aren't doing it now with, uh, with Batman and V Superman coming out. Right. This year and then Age two of coming out this coming year. Out. You know, there, there's too many coming out. To, to do the list now because we would just redo the list in six months. Exactly. So, so, so we have to wait yeah. until we have to wait until the next <laughs> until everybody's done with superhero movies and after all Ant Man comes out next year. Yeah, Ant Man. I mean, that, that, that's yeah. the thing is, I mean, I think Avengers two is probably the next logical point to do a superhero list because right. that's the second act of this yeah. three act right uh, Marvel that they're doing right now. Right. So. But we'll get to that to a different day. Uh, let's move on to number seven uh, before we continue to talk about Avengers. Number two. seven uh, is Alan Cumming from X2 uh, portraying Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. which is one of my Kurt, favorite. Kurt was it? Kurt Wagner. Kurt, Kurt Wagner. Yeah, Kurt Wagner. There you go. Thank you. Uh, and being from Scotland, uh, I had to portray a German character. I don't know how hard that is. You did a pretty good job. To play, to play somebody else with an accent that is not your own mm-hmm. and do it that well is it? It's just amazing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it baffled me. <laughs> Duh. It baffled me how, how uh, great of a job he did. And, and the way he was portrayed on there, uh, how he really wasn't this... He wasn't this hero out for, you know, hack and slash, go kill everybody kind of thing. Kind of like Wolverine, you know? Like, I'm going to be this guy and I'm going to go step up in them to the plate and I'm just going to, you know, barrel everybody over with my awesome power. He was really reluctant to get into the fight against, uh, I guess, Magneto's side, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Or this, or no, it was actually Stryker in that one. Sorry, excuse me. In X2, it was, because yeah. uh, it was about the... It was Colonel Stryker in the, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the second one. Um, or General Stryker, whatever the heck he was. In the second one, yes. It was, it was uh, still, he didn't want to get involved in the war. He wanted to be left alone. He had been ostracized his entire life because his mutant uh, uh, um, powers made him this blue creature with a big tail and ears and fangs and claws and and he was this freak and he got ostracized and the only place he found solace was in the circus so he was a tumbler he was an acrobat and so they put this up on the big screen and you have this teleporting nightcrawler acrobat and he was really reluctant to get into the fight and that's just that's just alan coming he did such a great job you take him out of that movie it's a totally different movie well yeah i mean he's 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 you know he's integral to the part because you know he starts out 
trying to kill the president. Yes, he does. Under mind control. Uh, yeah, he was brainwashed by the... By who? The stri- he was, striker. It was a striker, yeah. It was uh, Brian... Uh, what the heck was it? Brian... Nope. Cox. Brian Cox. Okay. It was Brian Cox's character in that movie. And he starts getting, you know, all wrapped up. And he's so, you know, sad. And just when when Gene and I think Storm go to yep. find him, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's just hiding out in a barn. And he doesn't want to go with these people. He tries to, he's trying to kind of intimidate them a little bit. He's, you know, going all over. Uh, was it a barn? I thought it was a church. Uh, it could be a church. You're right. It could be a church because he's very, um, because he's very, he's very spiritual, very religious. He has he had all the these mar- yeah, the- uh, markings about him that he did. I think he did them all himself. And they've kind of, they're these beautiful markings for whatever religion that he follows. Um, anyway, I'm getting off topic now. Yeah. That's a not, little bit. That's not key to, to not what key, make Nightcrawler yeah. awesome. It's, it's, it's just so cool though. You know, to, to see that up on the big screen, he's one of my favorite characters. And so, when they get into this church where he's hiding out, he's, you just see his reluctance. He doesn't want to help. He doesn't want any more trouble. He feels so bad uh, being under that mind control because he could see everything happening. He just couldn't do anything to mm-hmm. stop it. And you just, you feel for this character so much. And Cummings is out there just, you know, laying it all out there. I'm, you know, just acting away. And he did such a great job in that role. And that that's why he's on, you know, that high at number seven. I, I and then I'm so I was devastated that he wasn't in X three. So here's actually a good point to why Alan Cumming makes the character Nightcrawler. Um, at one point during the you know pre production of the movie, Ethan Embry had been reported to be in contention for the role. Ugh. Think about the difference between Nothing Ethan, Embry. Ethan Embry. No, but just yeah. think about how different that yeah. would be. Yeah. If, if you have Ethan Embry. You know, whose most famous role to date would have been Can't Hardly Wait, mm-hmm. playing a oh, very Sweet Home, key... Sweet Home Alabama. That was after. It wasn't Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, after X2, yeah. excuse me. As to yeah. date, his most important yeah, role. Yeah, to date yeah. of this movie, yeah. his, most big, his biggest role was Can't Hardly Wait, where he's playing this lanky, awkward teenager. Mm-hmm. To go and play this, this very deep, spiritual character who has the scars on him for every sin he's committed, and mm-hmm. just... That would have been tough. I think I don't not not to say that he couldn't do it, but Alan Cumming has set that bar now so high yeah. that he he looked like the comic character. He looked like the cartoon, you know, version. It was it was spot on to, to for for to for the Nightcrawler. Um, I think the only reason that he's not really higher is because there are six more ahead of him that did it better. Yeah, you know that that's the problem yeah. with the list that we're going to come across now is that each each next portrayal is that much. That much better. The top part of the list was a lot easier to make than the bottom part of the list. Mm-hmm. The bottom half was incredibly tough to fit these people in. We had to sit there and argue over why and who and how and mm-hmm. who gets the spot. And then the top six was pretty. It fell into place. I th- very I think nice. It, I think the top four fell in perfectly. And oh, yeah. six and five, we just I think we flipped a coin. Just it could have went either way. I could. I, I, yeah. I think mostly it's because number six is we're, we're banking six on potential. Yeah, yeah, basically. And number five has has already been. I mean, and, and not to say that he that number six isn't in a movie already. He he has been in a movie and, mm-hmm. and and he played the character perfectly. But we're banking on the next movie to help solidify him at six or higher. Correct. That's why he's not at Correct. five. Correct. And that's why he's not higher because we haven't seen any more material. Yeah. on the screens. But number so, six, since we're talking about him so much, is uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, playing. Uh, Deadpool, or what's his real name, Will? Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson, thank you. Um, which, 
Who's a mercenary for hire? We're actually talking. I think we're going to talk more. And I, I don't know why I wrote down Deadpool because it's more Ryan Reynolds played Wade, Wade Wilson, Wilson perfectly. Because right. Deadpool was somebody else, and it was an abomination, uh, both figuratively and literally. Ugh. It was an abomination. I don't even want to talk about that. Um, but no, the Deadpool character was 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 the Wade Wilson character was phenomenal in the X Men Wolverine Origins movie. Um, that was the high, a, that was he was the highlight of the entire movie. In a posse, was Ryan Reynolds in a posse of Hugh Jackman and a Black Eyed Pea, he clearly <laughs> stands out on top. Definitely as as the best part of that opening of the movie. Yes, um, hands down. And when you think of Deadpool, we already discussed this with Johnny Storm. When you think about Deadpool, you think about a sarcastic, you know, swordsman who is super powerful, super fast. You know, he, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, I mean, that's... constantly, constantly in the comic books. I've read so much Deadpool lately; it's it's insane. He he just he just looks right at the at the, at the reader and just starts saying whatever is on his mind. I love it so much. And you know, I don't, I don't want to bring it back to the video game, but playing Marvel uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, every mm-hmm. time he'd level up, he'd always make a quip about how he's better than Wolverine. Yeah, you know, and now I'm, I'm so stronger better, yeah. than Wolverine, and so much better than than Wolverine. And, and they portrayed that Deadpool character so perfectly. Yes. I mean, Ryan Reynolds again; he's like Chris Evans, where he's Super cocky, yes. But the the bodies. I mean, getting back to the comic book, I don't the, think he's as cocky as he is. Just he has to make a joke. You know, so he's the, more the, the, nick, the nickname for Deadpool is the Merc with the mouth. So he's you know? he's quick. So he's, he's more quick witted than Chris Evans. Quick witted. He's okay. constantly constantly talking. He doesn't even care. You know, in the comic books, he just goes. He does that in the movie too. Like he's yeah. just he's just he trying just, conversation for conversation. Exactly. Sake. What are we talking about? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He he always he's always running his mouth, and it's and that's what makes the character so great, and that's what makes and that's why Reynolds does such a great job because that's kind of what he is in a lot of his movies. He's a lot. He's a big talker. He's a big talker. He he's a he can be a fast talker. I think he would do well in a Sorkin movie. Yeah, maybe. But I think yeah, yeah I think I think he'd do very well in a Sorkin movie because that's all fast dialogue. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, anybody and walking around in circles. Mm-hmm. He can do that. He's good at that. Yes. But no, I mean, the Reynolds, the Deadpool character, we're banking on that the Deadpool movie that's coming out in two years to just Ugh. blow us out of the water has, and, and throw, throw Wolverine Origins to shame. Oh, Wolverine Origins is such a... Pe- it's the mediocre movie, I told you that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it is our lit- litmus test for, for movies. If the movie is better than Wolverine, it's five or higher. Mm-hmm. If it's worse, or if it's better than Wolverine, it's a six. If it's worse than Wolverine, it's a four. It's a four, yeah. Or lower. So, yeah, Reynolds, as much as we hyped it up, we didn't really have much to talk about because he doesn't have a lot of source material, but... Well, he, well, he's all over the comics. He is. That's the thing. He, well, he, he, he is one of the he is one of the fan favorites. Deadpool is, and, and Reynolds. It's it just he, he. I think he read a lot. He's, of the he's another too. one of those weird. And he he wanted to do that character for such a long time, and for someone to want to do the character, really portrayed on screen exactly how everybody wanted the character to be portrayed. It's it's he's another one of those. He's the first in our list of a, only two, I guess. Except he's not really the. He's like an anti-hero hero. Yeah. Yes, not, he is. Yes, he is. He's, he, not, he he's not aligned with the X-Men. No. But he's in the X-Men universe. But he's not aligned with Magneto. Right. Who, you know, and who actually in half of the comic is aligned well, and with he's, X-Men And anyway. he's not a mutant, so he's really no. not involved with any of those groups. I mean, he has no. he has some, like, X-Factor or X-Force or something like that, where he's in with these groups that hire him on to kind of do these jobs. So he's mm-hmm. really just this freelance character in the universe that gets all of these superpowers combined, and now he's, like, the ultimate... You know, uh, superhero. Yeah, he was supposed to be. He was just supposed to be a weapon, much like Wolverine. I think he was part of the same project. He is. He is a mutant, but like you. But like you said, it's just it's martial arts, quick reflexes. 
he does have healing, which, you know, because in the movie... But I think they gave him the healing factor after he became Deadpool. And yeah. I think it's even in the comics. I think it is in the comics, but not until the redone comics, I think. But, I mean, he has all the powers, but he was given them. I mean, he only started out as as, as a martial artist. Mm-hmm. And that's why in the movie, the Wolverine movie, when they show this abomination of Deadpool, he does have all the powers he's supposed to have. But he has, like, swords in his arms. And they took away his mouth. Yes. That's what makes Deadpool Deadpool is his mouth. Yes, that was the they worst. They took away his inability to speak. Or his ability to speak. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm, so, I'm so mad about it, I don't even know what I'm talking about. It was just, it was just terrible. He's a young character, too. He's only about, you know, 25 years old as a character in the comics, so. Yeah, his first appearance was back in 1990. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's pretty. He's fairly new. But, so there's, but, a, there's a lot of places. But the, but the fans loved him because oh, he yeah. was so funny and he's so much fun to watch. And and Reynolds latched onto this character. Mm-hmm. I don't know when in the in the project happened, but yeah. it, it, was, it was so perfect for him. It really yeah. was. Uh, okay, I guess fine. we're gonna yeah. I guess we're gonna go from a a funny mouth to a Ooh, boy. A, a dirty mouth. Yeah. I guess with uh, uh, Frank Castle uh, portrayed by Thomas Jane, aka the Punisher. The, the Punisher. Which we have good stories about the Frank Castle name, but we'll get to that in, in a little <laughs> bit. But Thomas Jane, if, if if you haven't seen The Punisher, it came out in 2004. I had never heard of The Punisher before uh, seeing this movie. You haven't? No, I'd never heard of the, I saw the movie right away in theaters okay. when it came out, but I'd never heard of The Punisher. I was oh. not a big comic book guy yeah. in, in high school and stuff. But I watched the movie, and it was totally... Not what I was expecting, but it was in the in the good way. It was not what right. I was expecting. It was exactly how a Punisher movie needed to be portrayed. It was dark. It was gritty. Mm-hmm. There was no there was no bright point of this movie where you're like, oh, I love that part because it was so heartwarming. And you know, no, it's just no. dark and scary and 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 killing. And that's that's the Punisher character. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just funny to see Thomas Jane in that role because he doesn't. Like on the streets, he kind of looks like the Punisher, but he can he get he goes to that dark place. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, he becomes he does. it's in his eyes. The Punisher. It's just scary looking. I mean, when you look at Dolph Lundgren's interpretation of the character, and who, who's uh, I don't the know the one? new guy. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter because they both sucked. Yeah, those are stupid movies, and it just wasn't good. Uh, uh, Tom Thomas Jane Tom Jane did just the best job with this character. The the, the Punisher is. Uh, uh, basically every superhero starts off, you know, loved ones die and you become a superhero. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, overcoming adversity, superhero elite. He doesn't have any superpowers. He's a former special forces uh, uh, character. Character. Former special forces person with some kind of training in SEALs and FBI or, you know, whatever he did. I don't know where he got it from. Some kind of government training. And he goes out and uses those abilities now instead of these superpowers he goes to, avenge, those, his, to, to avenge his death and going and or his, up, not his death or his his wife and his kid's death but then later on through the movie you know or at the end he makes this uh, solemn oath to protect the city now from all of these evil people and the thing is is that he doesn't live by anybody's code other than his own so if someone has to die in order for him to be successful in his mission you know so to speak he'll just do it he doesn't care. That's why uh, it's not a very big uh, uh, fan favorite character, the, the Punisher, because he's very unlike any other superhero that's out there. So when you go and put this up on the big screen, the only way to make it a good movie is to give it an R rating. You can't have mm-hmm. a Punisher movie be PG-13. There's so much uh, uh, killing and action going on, because that's what he does. I, I can't think of any other superhero that goes around and just 
kills people mm-hmm. to to get their point across. You know, you always think of Superman and Batman. You know, you just fly around or drive around in Batman's case, and you you pick up the villain, you throw him in jail, and you, you know they escape. Well, then you go ahead and you do it again. Not with the Punisher. He goes around and he just kills everybody. That's what he does. And and to take that from the comics and put it up on the big screen, uh, Tom Jane did the best Frank Castle uh, I could you know imagine. I think that character was it. He even uh, he loved the character so much, and the fans loved it so much that there was a fan film made for about there's a thing is about ten minutes called Dirty Laundry. It's up on YouTube. You can go check it out. And it's another great interpretation of Tom Jane as the Punisher. And I wish they, he was in the second movie. I don't know what happened. Some falling out. I don't know. Uh, I wish I wish there were more uh, uh, moments where we could have uh, Tom Jane as Frank Castle on the big screen. Ray Stevenson played the, the Thank Punisher. You. Thank you. It was Stevenson. I was going to say that, but I, was, I wasn't sure if I was right or not. And Didn't he play? Um, he was one of the... I don't think in Liam Shriver. Never mind. Yeah. No, he was in, he was in Thor also, but mm-hmm. uh, as one of the, the sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that movie, Punisher Wars. Apparently there's a Punisher TV show coming out. With Tom Jane? No. Damn it. A TV show? It says, it says, well, a rising star detective with the New York police moonlights as a vigilante hero dubbed the Punisher in order to obtain justice for those the system has failed. So basically, basically, Batman slash Gordon, yeah. but killing. Right, right. So, so I don't know, anyway. we'll see how that goes. I'm, like, yeah. I'm kind of excited to see that. It won't be Thomas Jane, so he won't make the list. I know. He's not a movie, so he won't make no. the list. So let's move on to number four. Um, We'll kind of breeze through these. Hang on, going back to five, and make one more point. When I found out that Tom Jane wasn't going to be in the second Punisher movie, Warzone, second, yeah, Punisher Warzone, it, I was never so depressed about a casting uh, change change ever. I, I, I don't think it's another list. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I'm like this person didn't. Yeah, it was just it really it really sucked. I was so so pissed. Because he was so perfect in that role. Okay, going, moving on. All right, moving on, number four. Yeah. Um, this was a weird one because this is very different from the source material, mm-hmm. but it has been rewritten recently to accommodate for it. Well, I don't. Th- I think they had different interpretations of it before. Did you? Anyway, so. I'll you you look. I'll I'll talk. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Nick Fury, um, and we're not talking about David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury. No, we're talking about the Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury who ties every single Marvel movie pretty much together. If it yes, wasn't if it yeah. wasn't for him in the after credit sequence of Iron Man, mm-hmm. the first one, we wouldn't have an Avengers movie. We wouldn't have been hyped for every single movie coming out. Uh, we, we'd be hyped a little bit, for sure. But when he comes to Stark's house at the end of the movie and mentions... Uh, does he mention Project S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that what he says? He mentions something about it. I don't He's think like, he have, you heard of, have you heard of Project S.H.I.E.L.D. or something? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he says. But that's yeah. it. And then that ends. And you're thinking... Holy shit! This is going to be real. They're, yeah, gonna, they're, they're not going to possibly do all movie. these movies. Yeah. There's no way that they can do all these movies. It never been done before. And, and here we are, six years later. Uh, we're getting ready for Avengers two, and every single character of the Avengers has had you know two movies, with the exception of the Hulk, unfortunately. Um, but the Samuel L. Jackson character, the Nick Fury that he portrays, is the embodiment of somebody who needs to head an organization of superheroes with those egos, with those powers, you know, it, you, you think of him as the head coach of the Avengers because he really is. But just like any good football team, like any good baseball team, you know, you need to have that person who can handle 
every single one of those characters, and he's able to do that very he's well. He's the Phil Jackson of superheroes. I was thinking more of the Vince Lombardi. Oh, there you go, too. Uh, football and, and all that, just because it's more local than Chicago. Well, actually, it's really not more local than Chicago, but it's, it's local because it's Wisconsin, damn mm-hmm. it. But he does such a good job, and he does what he he does what he needs to do in order to get these people, these these heroes, to work together. Whether and it's, that's, whether and it's, that's so Sam Jackson. Whether it's he the, just has this loud, commanding mm-hmm. voice. This is what we're gonna do. You know, whether he's lying about stuff, yeah. he's faking his own death, he's he's shooting people. He he's really he's stealing. He, he just does what he can in order. To survive in order to keep the Avengers together. He's, he does all these things. And, you know, I've watched part of the day, the, the, day, the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie, and I, I could not <laughs> watch. I, I, wanted, I wanted to see the difference, and it's it's bad. He, he He's acting way too much like his Knight Rider character, and that's mm. not Nick Fury. No. <laughs> he doesn't have Kit with him in this in this movie. Um, So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the Sam Jackson in a nutshell. He he roped all of them together. Like I said, it's, it's very different than the original source material because I think the original Nick Fury was more like a a taller, brown-haired man. Mm-hmm. But to get Samuel Jackson in here to kind of have that uh, aura about him really makes it that much of a better character. And now you can't picture Nick Fury without Samuel L. Jackson. And I know in the future comics he's looks just like Samuel Jackson. So anybody who's reading the newer stuff, which is what everybody should be reading, that's what Marvel wants you to read, you see him as Sam Jackson. So they if they didn't rewrite the character for him before, they definitely did after. Mm-hmm. So that that to me has, it means just as much as being portrayed as the original character if they're going to write the new one as you. So you finding anything? Yeah, I can't All right. remember. We'll that's, go really, to, that's really a hard thing to, to pick out. We'll go to number three then. Um... We'll go straight on to number three. This one, um, I think it was number four on our list uh, last time. Last time, so he moved this. up. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking huge, huge Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine, and oh boy, here we go. X Men, X Men Two, X Men Three, Wolverine, Wolverine Origins, Wolverine Origins, the Wolverine, the Wolverine, yeah. X Men, uh, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, and then he was not in first class. I wasn't first. Oh yeah, he was cameo. He, he said, yeah. "Fuck off." Tiny little bit of cameo. Yeah, yeah. And now you, oh, now you've gone and said it. I, we, we get a few more. It's okay. We're, okay. we're marked as explicit, so it's okay. Are we? Yeah. Oh, let's. Oh no, we're not. Oh, we're not. Oh, I didn't think we got that. If we get reported, we'll have to. Yeah. So just don't report us, please. <laughs> but no, he he's been in every every X Men movie. Yeah. He's been in he's, every one, and he's the central character. He's which the, he's the Nick Fury of, of, of X Men. Yeah, X Men. Well, actually, that's probably Professor X. I just meant he's been in every movie. Oh, Professor that X way. Has not been yeah, in every yeah. movie. No. No. Yeah, he has been. He was not in The Wolverine. Oh, that one. Oh, that you're talking about X-Men movie. No, well, no. Patrick Stewart has not been in every X-Men movie. I mean, First Class had had uh, James McAvoy. I think that's his name. Was, you're right. Was, you're was right. I don't him. think he's in there. Yeah. But he's... I don't think... The, I don't think Professor X is in... He's not in one of the Wolverine movies. I know he's in one, but not the other. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. That's off track. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, though, has been in every Wolverine no, let's not, movie. Let's talk about seeing, without looking up on IMDb, see what movie Charles Xavier's been in. All right, anyway. Go. But he... I mean, Pat, uh, Patrick Stewart. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is another one of those perfect casts. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And it, part of it's the hair. I mean, that's makeup. Uh, but the mannerisms, the speech, the the aggressiveness, the, 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 the tone, it, it's... 
just perfect in every in everything. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I it's it's hard to d- describe where there might be flaws in Hugh Jackman's character. There aren't any. He's too tall. Think, he is. He is too tall. He, yeah. He's not hunchbacked enough. You know, yeah. he's not. He's not Wolverine enough. Wolver, uh, the Wolverine character. I think his stats are. He's like five, five or five four, something like that. He's a tinier person. I know. I know. I know in, that the Marvel. The, uh, I know the, the Marvel website world. has. Yeah. Has stats and bios, everybody <laughs> like that. But what what Hugh Jackman does so well is that you know coming into the first. By the way, when you go back and look at the first uh, X Men movie, he's so tiny, and then as it progressively. As he gets, you know, uh, more and more roles as, as Wolverine, he gets bigger and bigger every time. And I think right now, I think he's at the perfect size. I don't think he needs to get any bigger. Because he, he can lay off the steroids. Yeah, he, he, he just needs to... I don't think he's on steroids. No, I think it's just a lot of workout. Yes. A lot of meat. A lot of meat and a lot of workout. So I, I think you put anybody else in that role, I, I don't think those movies do as well. I don't think... The, the the character is as well. Uh, um, I don't think you get as good of a response from, from the movie. He's about. five three in real five, in, three. in the comics. Yeah. yeah, he's a tiny man, but I think Jackman's like five eight. And he's ten. only one hundred ninety five pounds without the skeleton. Oh wow! But with the skeleton, he's three hundred pounds. Yeah, with yeah, it was his, with his adamantium skeleton. Yeah. But I mean, just the, the like I said, as far as embodiment of character and, and and comic, other than his height, which I mean, he's not super tall, but no. but other than his height, he's he is Wolverine. There's no. Yes. Nobody else that I could have ever envision now. When, when, when his run is done, they're going to wait a very long time before they reboot or do any other kind of Wolverine but movie. Not as long as our number one, but they, but he will be. Correct. He will be. They will wait. Um, I mean, they most likely will reboot it eventually when Fox. They, oh, no, when, they will. When Fox lets go and yeah. gives it back to, to Disney. Mm-hmm. If they ever let go. I'm fine with them. Nah, I don't care. Uh, I kind well, of maybe yeah, because you want to see an Avengers X Men. Well, you want to see thing. you, the true nerd, and everybody wants to see all these movies under one house. Right. We want to see Spider Man come back to to Marvel Sony or to Marvel Disney. We want to see X Men come back. We want to see Fantastic Four come back. Mm-hmm. You know, we just want to see them all under one one roof again. Because back in the you know early two thousands, late nineties, when Marvel was buying them off to, to have money, they signed ridiculous contracts that say, "Hey, you can just have it," mm-hmm. and there was no. There was no date that they could not renew. You know, I know Disney's tried to buy back uh, Spider-Man, didn't work, mm-hmm. and, and Disney wisely didn't spend more than they need to because at this rate they'd have to buy back those two movie franchises, Spider-Man and X-Men. They'd spend more on those two than they did on all of Marvel. Right, right. So they don't need that. So, but yeah, Wolverine will not be rebooted anytime soon. No, and I'm okay with that. I think, I mean, Jackman. Yeah, just it just astounds me how good he is in this role, and he <laughs> loves doing this role. Like he is just brilliant. He is the Wolverine. He is. He is, he is Wolverine. And even you know, regardless of what you think about the movies, mm-hmm. again, we're talking about the character and the character itself being portrayed on the big screen mm-hmm. is just is wonderfully done. I think it's such a such a great job uh, um, of. Uh, portraying of yeah. this character. I mean, from from reading about him in the comic books, again, from the X Men uh, series that was on on TV back in the mm-hmm. 90s, uh, you, you you have this Wolverine character who calls everybody bub and bub. smokes cigars and drives around on motorcycles. And for the most part, that's what you see. In the first movie and then... In the first couple. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had his moments uh, where, where he was just this, you know, embodiment of Wolverine. After that, they just decided to... 
And then there's, you know, then they started to do the whole backstory where he spends time in Japan and they give him more, you see his, uh, uh, give him more of a, his, uh, how he became to be the person who he is by fighting through all these mm-hmm. wars and the origins movie and, you know, whatever, say what you will about the source, but he still stays true to the character. He, I don't, I mean, God, I don't think he does a bad portrayal of this character in any one of these movies. He's been, he's been in five movies now. No, he's, he's done it. He's done it very well in mm-hmm. all the movies. Yeah. Six movies. Two Wolverines, Days of Future Past, three X-Men. Okay, six movies. I can count, yeah. Six, six movies. All right. But... Had to use two hands on that one. Yes. <laughs> but as much as Hugh Jackman was amazing as Wolverine, there's an even less chance that you could ever replace our number two oh, person. Oh, man. Which, uh, our number two is uh, Professor Xavier, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Think about... Just, I mean, close your eyes, and when you think of Professor X, do you not automatically think of Patrick Stewart? Think of the comic books. Think of the video games. Think of the posters. Any drawing think of that the you've TV seen. show. Think of the think of the cartoon. I said cartoon, didn't I? No, you said comic books and video okay. games. Think of think of any of the portrayals that you've seen of Professor X. He's a very smart, articulate, bald, old old man. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at Patrick Stewart, the guy hasn't aged in thirty years. <laughs> no, he's fantastic. And there's no other way to say it other than Patrick Stewart has to be the real Professor X. Exactly. Just, he has to be. Exactly. I mean, it, you, you couldn't have picked anybody else to put in that, he in is, the wheelchair. He's, he is the fountain of youth of Armenians. Exactly. And, you know, his voice is so famous. It's so, I mean, Jean-Luc Picard, just, he's a he's an old Shakespearean actor, mm-hmm. and he just, he just is so pivotal to all the X-Men movies. I mean, and he doesn't have the, the biggest role in them. But he is supposed to be the prof- you know he's supposed to be the coach of these X Men. He's right. supposed to be calm and compassionate, and and he you know he has everybody else's interests in mind over his. And just Patrick Stewart looks like that. Yeah. Just, there's no other way to do it. I mean, give it up to James McAvoy for for being young Professor X, and, mm-hmm. and I know they, they want to try to make it again part of the. 2000 late 2000s movie revival everything's got to be gritty and and have a jaded backstory and they make him be this college you know this college partier who didn't he was using his powers for bad that's great days of future past didn't help that at all you know he was still cocky and didn't like his powers and all this other shit i mean come on that's not professor x professor right. x is he embraces what, what patrick what he stewart has. is he goes he wants the to he wants the betterment of all Mutant kind, humankind. It's just terrible looking at watching Days of Future Past, and he, you know, he, you see what Professor X technically was mm-hmm. compared to what he is now, and there's no way that in 20 years he's going to change that much to be who he is in any of those movies. So I just, I don't know. Pa- Patrick Stewart is Professor X as much as you know, as much as Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, but to a higher level because he. Just he has not aged it in the fifteen years he's done these right. movies. He's right. He looks the, the exact same. The story that I like to use, um, or that I like to use that I that I would like to use that I'm going to use, and you're going to hear it, whether you like it or not. La, 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 la. Yeah, <laughs> I can't hear you. La la la. Um, when the X Men movie was just getting off the ground and they were looking for casting, and they immediately went to Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart had no idea what X Men was. He didn't know who Charles Xavier was. He never read a book. He never saw the the TV show, anything like that. No clue what he was getting worked into. But they 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 wanted him to be in this movie so bad 
that they, they, this, that we have, you have to come in for a meeting. You have to come in for a meeting. It's like, okay, he had no idea what he's getting himself into. He comes in there. They threw a comic book with Professor X on the cover on the table, and he immediately goes, why am I in a comic book? And that just shows you yeah. everybody knew he was going to get the part. Everybody wanted him to get the part. And I'm so glad he said yes because, again, can you imagine anyone else as Professor X? No, no, you no, cannot. not at all. And it'll be a long time because we talked about with Wolverine. If they ever decide to fully reboot and not use the first class cast, right. you, you will never find a replacement for the, the well-known, respected Professor X. Just You won't. You won't at tough. all. There will, be, there will be other interpretations, and I'm sure they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but this the classic Professor X, the the one you know you don't get into a lot of his backstory immediately in the comics. Mm-mm. You know, they all just have their parts. You kind of give them a little origin, kind of over yeah. here, and then they and they just go in the originals. So it, 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 it's just it's just so so much fun to watch up, up mm-hmm. on the big screen. You're just you're just grinning the whole time from here to here. Like, yes, this is exactly what has to happen. Mm-hmm. But. But number That's one. That's not number one. No. So we're gonna re, we're gonna redo the list real quick, and sure. then we'll go straight to number one because we are running out of time here. I don't want to make it too much longer. Uh, number twelve, Chris Pratt playing Star Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy. Number eleven, Wesley Snipes in Blade. Uh, number ten, Chris Hemsworth in, as Thor in those movies. Uh, number nine, Chris Evans, Johnny Storm, or the Human Torch in Fantastic Four. Number eight is Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. Number seven, Alan Cumming and Nightcrawler in the movie X2. Uh, number six, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool or Wade Wilson in the Wolverine Origins. Number five, Tom Jane as Frank Castle, the Punisher in the Punisher movie. We never got to our Frank Castle story about how he was our Madden running back. Oh. There, there's the story. We, that, that's the story. We played Wii in college, and we had Madden, uh, like Madden 08 or something, yeah. and we created Frank the Tank Castle yeah. as our running back, and he was just, he, was just he, he literally murdered the defense. Just run over everybody. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, so, that that's, our, that's our story for number for, for yeah. Frank Castle that we never got to. <laughs> um, number four is uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in the Avengers movies and uh, the Avenger tie-in movies. We won't go through those. Uh, number three, Hugh Jackman in all of the Wolverine and X-Men movies. Number two, Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier. And number one on the Sweet 12 best... The the, the interpretations most, of the most irreplaceable. If you haven't, if you haven't figured it out by now, oh yeah, then if, you're dumb. Th- then you haven't seen the movies. Yeah, don't 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 belittle our audience. They know they're dumb. <laughs> they, they know they're dumb. They don't need to be reminded. <laughs> Is uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man? Yes. I mean, again, picture picture in your head who Tony Stark is supposed to be. He's a he's a party boy. He's alcoholic. He's, he's Elon Musk, but with a suit. And a with mustache, a suit. and a and a really nice mustachey beard kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Robert Downey Jr. coming back from all of his his personal demons, his mm-hmm. alcoholism, his drug mm-hmm. addiction. Yeah, you know, seeing this role as Tony Stark, I, I must have. I mean, I think he's done interviews said that it kind of called to him in a, a bit. Just he he never read the comic books either. I mean, that's fairly common. You'll see with a lot of these actors, they just they they didn't grow up with the material. Correct. But it becomes part of who they are, and. For, maybe for better or for worse, it becomes better. Uh, it, it, I shouldn't say it becomes better, but it becomes a part of them, and they kind of mold, you know, who the character is. Correct. With Robert Downey Jr., you didn't really have to mold much of Tony Stark. No, he well, was he was already this cocky, witty, char- very charismatic individual, 
And then basically they just threw him up on screen and gave him a beard and called him Tony Stark. And he just played Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. on screen. Which fits so well with the Tony Stark character. Yeah. And, and the thing was, is, is the very first Iron Man movie, they really were going day-to-day on this script. They didn't have the whole script on. Mm-hmm. So when he, Jeff Bridges, and John Favreau would want to shoot a scene, they'd throw some lines at each other, they'd, they'd write it down, and then they'd film it. So he had so much um, input. Creative on control. How, creative control character. on his, how he wanted his character to act by just acting like Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And so when they put it up on the screen, it fits so well with how Tony Stark is supposed to be, mm-hmm. how he's supposed to act, what he's supposed to say, what he's supposed to it's, do. It's like the, you know, it's it's the role you were born to play type yeah. of scenario yes. where he, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. And whether, that that's another one of those where we won't see, I mean, he's, he's done after Captain America 3. That's his last movie. He won't be in the third Avengers if they have a third Avengers. Technically, they've said that Captain America 3 will be the third Avengers because that's the start of Civil War. Whether I want to choose to believe that or if Disney's going to throw another truckload of money in front of him um, to do another movie, he might. But I know Chris Evans is done after his fifth movie, too, so he's only got... Yes, he did say he's going to be done for a while. I don't know if he's going to retire immediately, but he's going to. Take well, he's going to he's going to go behind the he's going to go behind the scenes and yeah. do directing. I take an acting break. That. Yeah, but I mean, Robert Downey Jr. You know, negotiated his contracts so much differently than everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. He's 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 as much Tony Stark behind the scenes as he is on the screen too, because right. he's got these great movies about backloading his contract and retaining rights to certain things, and I mean, he's making so much money on these movies, yeah, more more than the rest of them, and it's not just because he's deserved. Of the money, because he is. He just has a better agent. But he has a well. He has a much better agent, and I'm sure he's in on some of those negotiations too. Sure. Like he, he's going to be in Captain America three, and his contract right now is set where if Captain America three does better than Captain America two, he will make more money than Captain America. <laughs> wow. Because the the the, the theory behind it is because Iron Man is in it. That's mm-hmm. why it did better. Right. So you know. It's just, I mean, those little things like that are things that you would see Tony Stark doing right. about about certain contract negotiations. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 tough to tell where Tony Stark ends and Robert Downey Jr. begins. But I mean, and there, there's good character development too in all three of the Iron Man movies because that's kind of Tony Stark. Yeah, or that's Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of timeline they, too. He, he started they, as a party guy. You know, he falls in love. He he kind of has a revision. Right. And then at the end of Iron Man three, he stops. You know, he he stops being Iron Man. Right, because he doesn't want to hurt anybody anymore, and he's become that family guy, and and that's kind of how he is in real life too. He's married now, he's got kids, mm-hmm. he appreciates life the way it is. It, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better. They touch a little it. bit on his uh, el- on Tony Stark's alcoholism in, in uh, the second Iron Man, where he just gets wasted like the whole time. He's just mm-hmm. drinking through the whole movie. I think they could have portrayed that a little bit better on the screen because in the comics he had a really tough time with this. It was a huge issue, and it was it was a really good uh, uh, story to to kind of follow, and they. They touched on it a little bit in the movies where he's just constantly drinking because he's he's always in so much pain and and with with this poisoning and he's just mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have any way to cope so it was really dark in that sense so throwing it up there I, I'm sure mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, Robert had a uh, you know kind of pulled his yeah. own demons out and just kind of acted how he acted when he was going through mm-hmm. you know the the issues with his substance abuse. It was, oh, what the hell was that? Oh well. Our, the, the beauty of the our <laughs> awesome million dollar podcast studio is falling apart. Sony must be hacking in. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's Sony hacking. Ding, 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 ding. You said some bad stuff about us. Yeah, now no, we're going to get you. Us, which is crazy because this is even out. So, yeah. Anyway, that's actually probably a good place to end for that, for the list. Is, yeah. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., there's no better way to, 
to, to, to put... I mean, there's nobody else who would want to be at the top of the list no. that, that we could put there, no. at least for a while. Correct. So Maybe later, but not today. So, um, that's it for the Switch 12 uh, list. list of best Marvel performances on screen. Uh, before we go... Superheroes. Uh, superhero yes, performances. superhero Marvels. We might do a villains one later. Hint, hint. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, uh, before we go, we're going to leave you with the Vault episode. Um, yeah. In theme with, with with what we just did on Hulu, and it's actually not Hulu Plus. You can watch it on regular Hulu. Uh, the X-Men animated series yes. is available. From so the, the original 90s. one from the 90s. Oh, so good. One the, of best the best theme songs themes ever. On it. Um, go ahead and find it on Hulu and, and watch it. Um, we'll, I'll post a link on the on the website. And the, re- to, the reason we po- the reason we chose this vault episode is because the X Men movie was the movie that really jump started this whole superhero uh, uh, superhero movie thing. extravaganza. The extravaganza. Uh, everybody wanted uh, to have movies and about superheroes because it did so well. So let's go back. Let's watch the original uh, animated series of the X Men, which was. Really great for Very its good. time. Yes, and still, it's still, it's, it's still, still good. It's still great. It's it's just a, it's comic books on TV. What's mm-hmm. not to love? It's fantastic. So on, on that note, uh, we will catch you next week. I am Ryan. I'm Brian. Uh, take it easy. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy Festivus today. Yeah, oh yeah, Festivus. This for has the been another episode of Sweet Twelve from Brian Bourne and Ryan Gobel. The preceding podcast was written and produced by Brian Bourne and Ryan Gobel. Intro and outro music provided by Lost in a Name. All of the copyrights to the respective authors. You can find us on Twitter at Sweet12 and on Facebook at Sweet12 Podcast. Download this and previous episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening.